0: What's up? Welcome back to the Barbells and Burgers podcast. I'm super stoked to have you here. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Let's dive right into it. The dreaded weight loss plateaus. Oh my God. God forbid your weight stay the same for three straight days. I get get a, a question about weight loss plateaus at least once a week. In fact, I can almost predict the messages in my inbox. At least one of them is going to be like, "My weight is stalled. What am I supposed to do? Do I need to do like forty extra jumpy jacks a day, or like fast, or like shock my metabolism by, you know, not eating any carbs for four hours, or fourteen hours, or four days? I don't know. No, you don't need to do any of that. So we're gonna we're gonna dive into the dreaded weight loss plateaus and what's really going on. I mean, at the end of the day, it's better to know what's going on and that it's completely normal and and all that good stuff. Um, So in terms of announcements, nothing too specific. Uh, I do have a TikTok now. And I've sort of found my groove on TikTok and I'm really enjoying it because it's easy to make videos that are uh, fun, controversial and man, the the trolls on TikTok are like nothing I've ever seen. I think all the trolls that were on Instagram got bored because it was sort of like not the new thing and they all moved to TikTok. And now there's just trolls everywhere like uh, some guy the other day was telling me that the only way that women can uh, lose body fat and, and stay lean and skinny and use that word is to eat 1,200 calories a day and do cardio only. I'm like, are you like straight out of the 80s? Like, have you not been around for the last 50 years to see that anything has changed? Because that's clearly not not only false, but it's like we haven't believed that for a while now. So anyway, TikTok's been quite a fun treasure trove of absolute trolls and trash. Um, so anyway, that's sort of what I've been up to. I got a lot of new things going on, uh, sort of in the in the background. I'm trying to make these shirts, but every time I get like a design or whatever, uh, the the fulfillment that I have to go through is delayed by like a month because of COVID. So it's really not worth making them shoppable right now because by the time you buy the shirt, it's going to take like, it took me six weeks to get a sample. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm not not stoked about that process right now. So I'm going to wait on that. Um, In other news, uh, let's see what other things have been going on. Not a whole lot. You know, summer's been kind of interesting it doesn't even feel like summer like i feel like this whole year is just kind of blended together like it's just the covid year right I, I i forgot the other day it was even july i'm like why is it 100 degrees seven days a week i'm like oh yeah we're in july it's like i, I had no i had no idea because sort of between like march and now has just felt like one long month like the same thing is always happening there's some kind of You know the only thing that's slightly changing is the weather and so I I totally forgot it was summer but um, and I think it's partly because I don't have any like summer plans like usually we go to the beach in the summer beaches aren't open Um, you know usually there's like pool parties and things like that that's not happening even fourth of July this year felt like super haphazard and kind of just like yay independence day and then it was over and it was like it, it wasn't even a thing. So anyway, it's just been a weird year for everyone. Everyone's had their own sort of experience and uh, story to tell when it comes to the year of COVID and all that stuff. But, you know, not trying to let that get in my way. I've been, I've been coming up with a lot of research. I've been really, really fascinated. Uh, this, is a, this is completely off topic, by the way. So fast forward if you don't want to listen to this. But it's it's related to fitness and it's related to weight loss and things like that. But I've been absolutely fascinated with this concept of constrained energy output. And to, to sort of give you the, the snippets of it, what it suggests is we think of exercise, calories burned as sort of added on top of whatever we're already burning throughout the day. So just to use some numbers to try to clarify this, let's say that you know just being alive, you just waking up in the morning and going through your average day without any formal exercise, let's say you burn 2,000 calories. Um, And then tomorrow, it's pretty much the same deal, right? You're alive, you're doing pretty much the same things. But today, you burn 300 calories more because you are exercising. So you would think, okay, well, let's see. I usually burn about 2,000 calories a day. And now I'm burning 2,300 calories because I exercised. That's what's called the additive model. And that's the most logical, like mathematical sense. I mean, it makes sense, right? Well, the constrained model suggests that it's actually not what's going on. The constrained model suggests that you are still burning only 2000 calories, but the way your body allocates the amount of calories you burn gets sort of switched around or shuffled around because your body burns calories in lots of different ways. So, that's all I'm going to say because I haven't done all the research and I don't I want to come come to a topic about this in a much more Concise way. I'm still trying to think of a analogy to best explain this because without visuals, it's sort of hard to explain. So anyway, I've been doing a lot of research on that. And it's been really fascinating because what it suggests on the whole is that chasing more and more activity past a certain limit is actually sort of wasted effort when it comes to weight loss. I'm certainly not saying you shouldn't be active and I'm certainly not saying that you shouldn't do some form of exercise but past a certain point which is actually you know quite a bit. So like past the point of four to five days a week of exercise and considering that you're doing some form of either a mix of cardio and strength training or just strength training um, but certainly not just cardio that after a certain point, it's really just about maintaining your body composition through exercise. It's not about burning more calories to lose more fat because the sort of rebound effect of that ends up being more, I wouldn't say harmful, harmful is the right word, but it becomes more of a waste of time than if you were to use that time focusing on nutrition as a way of reducing calories and, and creating more of a calorie deficit. So anyway, um, I'd be interested to know if anyone would like me to cover more supplement-based stuff. I'm not a huge proponent of supplements, especially for my audience, because I I think that there's already enough talk about supplements, and I, I think that you should actually have your nutrition sort of dialed in before you go venturing off to supplements, because I think that the majority of people use supplements to replace things they could get from food. And I... I certainly understand the convenience of supplements, but it's more about how you approach them and how you use them. Uh, so if you're interested about supplements, let me know. I'd love to, to hear if that's something that you'd like me to talk about. Um, also, one of the things that I wanted to start throwing out there, I, I don't know why I didn't do this earlier, but I wanted to start asking everyone who's listening to this if they have any questions for the podcast. I um, On my private Facebook group, I have a, a Facebook group called The Shredded. Shred the Fat uh, Weight Loss Support Group and it's it's a really awesome group of people that want the best for everyone. It's not, you know, a place where I sell my coaching or that people try to sell their products. In fact, I kick people like that out all the time because they try to get in and they're just, you know, they're being assholes. But um, so anyway... Uh, There's been a couple of questions that have been asked in that uh, group, and and that's actually what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to start sort of a new segment. As long as I have questions from people, I would love to answer them on the podcast, and I'll answer them at the very beginning. So the first question we have comes from uh, Matthew Eskins. This is actually an old client of mine, uh, and he's a great guy. He asks, what is the best way to tighten up the triceps? So the, the best way to tighten up the triceps is to actually build up the tricep muscle. Uh, and provide a little bit more, uh, you know, volume in that in that area of muscle. So doing tricep-specific exercises, but just in, in general doing exercises that involve the tricep, which in a lot of cases are. Uh, exercises that do some form of pressing whether it's overhead or horizontal like a bench press um, you know whatever it might actually take that's a great way to build a tricep up um, if you're that's, that's all that matt said so you know let's say that you're somebody who has some extra skin there um, unfortunately if you've lost a lot of weight fairly quickly the skin is going to take a lot longer to sort of adapt or to fit more tightly around your muscle uh, just because you know that you lost weight very quickly and so if, if that's where your question is going Matt then um, I'm not an expert on on how skin is affected or you know how it shrinks sort of after weight loss. I'd love to, to really understand. My basic understanding is is that it will sort, sort of adapt when it's going to adapt or surgery and I know a lot of people are interested in surgery but you know, in a lot of cases, extreme weight loss isn't, you know, the uh, most ideal situation and um, for that very reason because of the, the entire uh, way that it affects your, uh, your skin. Good question all the same. Um, Bethany asks, I remember you talking about, I think you called it swoosh effect. I call it the P day, a random day where you just dump all the water like six pounds. I would love for you to, to talk about the science behind this. Okay, cool. So um, this is actually one of my favorite topics, to be completely honest, because it's it's one of those cool phenomenons that is actually supported by science. And the swoosh effect is essentially when um, your body gets rid of the uh, water that it's been holding on to. So at the most basic level of weight loss or any stress to the body... Um, it, because you are causing some level of stress, and in this case, for weight loss, it's, it's reduced energy intake, your, your body goes through, a, you know, sort of activates your stress hormones and starts to go, okay, well, we're under a stress response, that means our life or our survival is threatened, uh, we need to hold on to valuable resources, and other than uh, food, the most valuable resource is water because you can die a lot sooner from dehydration than you can from uh, lack of food. You can go, you know, days, possibly weeks, without food, depending on, you know, your state of body fat. And you can, as far as I understand, you can only go like 24 to 48 hours without water. So your body starts to hold on to water. Well, on days where you eat a little bit more calories and your body isn't sensing that you're sort of in starvation uh, preparation mode. Remember starvation mode is not a real thing but your body is preparing to intake less calories and so by doing so it holds on to water. Well, if you have been dieting all week and then on the weekend you sort of splurge a little bit maybe have five to six hundred calories more than you're used to having, your body goes, oh, we're getting calories again. We can, you know, get rid of these resources that we've been holding on to, like water and get rid of the excess water that we've been quote unquote hoarding. And so as a result, you pee out all the water that you were retaining. And like, you know, Bethany said, it can be up to six pounds sometimes. And that is a very real thing. In fact, the more weight that you are carrying, the more likely you are going to dump water from time to time. Uh, I was working with a guy um, last year around... I think it was around this time. I think maybe we started around March of last year and, and continue working. And he was losing on average, I think it was about six pounds a week. And he would have these experiences where, you know, based on his graph, I would see that he would drop like five pounds in a day. And so at the time I didn't, I knew about the swoosh effect, but I really didn't know like the science behind it. And so I did some more research and, you know, that's what was going on. So I think that's a pretty interesting uh, effect of things. So, you know, this also happens with stress. You know, the more stressed you are, you know, mentally the, your body will respond and react physically and as a result it will retain water. So a lot of times when I, I hear, you know, even, unfortunately even people that are in, um, you know, it, my level of uh, coaching or that know, um, you know, quote unquote a lot of the information in weight loss and things like that will say something like, oh, well stress, you know, causes cortisol and cortisol b- blocks fat burning. Uh, and that's not true at all. In fact, if you actually look at what cortisol does when it's activated, it actually frees fatty acids from tissue and it uses it for energy because a lot of times uh, it's, that energy is going to be needed. So in some cases cortisol is actually fat burning to, to be quite specific. Um, and so that doesn't really make any sense. But you know, the, the reason why people go, oh, I'm stressed out, I'm not losing weight on the scale, uh, it must be the stress. It's like, no, you're just retaining water you can definitely be in a calorie deficit, be stressed out, be burning body fat, but retaining water. And on the scale, it looks like you're not doing anything at all. So, you know, you have one of these swoosh effects and pretty soon you're like, holy crap, I dropped five pounds. Yeah, you were probably, you know, your weight was, your your water retention was probably masking the fat you were losing while you were in this stressful period and you were quote unquote not burning fat. Um, so yeah, but um, anyway, there's there's a lot, of the, a lot of things that go on with this, you know, this, this kind of thing. But yeah, the swoosh effect is a pretty cool phenomenon. It's always fun when it happens. All right, uh, we got another question. Uh, losing weight but not sure if it's losing fat or muscle. Okay, cool. So um, this is actually very common, especially as you start to lose more and more weight and you're, you sort of, I wouldn't say plateau, but you start to lose weight at a slower rate. The way you can tell if you're losing fat, even if the scale isn't going down, is if your waist circumference is going down or your neck circumference is going down and the reason for this is is that the stomach area or the waistline has very little muscle and you know just enough structural bone so if you're losing inches in the areas where fat is mostly stored you're losing body fat right that's why i tell my clients to if you're not going to measure everything at least measure your waistline Possibly your hip line, although you can build muscle there so you might not see a huge difference. And then definitely measure your neck because your neck and your waistline are going to be two areas where you're going to store body fat where there's not a lot of muscle anyway. So the only other thing there is pretty much fat mass. So if you can do that, um, that will be the the best way of telling whether or not you are going to be losing body fat or possibly muscle. Now a good way to know if you're not losing muscle is if you are strength training to any degree somewhere 2 to three times a week and you are eating enough protein to you know obviously keep your body from burning structural proteins meaning your muscle mass and just if it's going to anyway burn the protein that you're eating Uh, which in a calorie deficit can be common if you've been dieting for a long period of time but it's one of the reasons why it's important to try to hit those calorie deficit numbers accurately and not go too far below what they already are so another good question. All right, next question is, on the rapid fat loss plan, which by the way, if you don't have it, you can click the link in this bio and download it for free, and if for some reason the link doesn't work, just contact me, I will send it to you. Um, Okay, on the rapid fat loss plan, do we need to eat 100% of the calories on the 100% day if we feel full? Great question. Thanks, Renee, for that question. So, as a general rule of thumb, you never need to eat if you are already full. So let's say that you your goal is to eat 1,500 calories, but you are full at the end of the day at, at 1,300 calories. You are not obligated to eat 1,500 calories. That's sort of how our appetite can change when we start to manage things a little bit differently. So you're never required to eat, I shouldn't say never. When you are trying to lose body fat, do not feel obligated to eat calories up to your calorie deficit number if you are already full, right? The whole idea of being in a calorie deficit is to eat less within reason and manage hunger to a degree that's manageable and not completely like suffering. Okay. So that's sort of a general rule of thumb. In the fat loss, rapid fat loss plan, I give you a hundred percent days to give you room to eat, to give you room to say, I'm going to sort of have these calories again and sort of refill my my glycogen stores especially if you're active this is super important. If you're not active you probably won't need to eat as many calories on the 100 calorie day but it gives you sort of this freedom from thinking about calories a, a, a sort of a day off so to speak the same way we all get days off um, from work to sort of you know do other things spend time with our family excuse me I had a burp coming up. Um, you know, spend time with our families, you know, not work essentially is the best way to put it. So um, if that means you only have 75% of the, you know, calories you were going to have on the 100% day, that's okay. Let your hunger decide, especially when you're allocated more calories, let your hunger decide, uh, you know, what you can have. And remember on the 100 calorie, 100% calorie, calorie days, it's, it's not like a free-for-all, and I know that Renee doesn't think that, but it's not a free-for-all, it is just more freedom to consume more calories, to sort of start the cycle over again of, you know, high calorie, low calorie days to help uh, with a more consistent calorie deficit. Because it's hard to go five days straight with, you know, in a calorie deficit, especially when you've got lots of variables going on in your day. So anyway, that is the questions. We might not always have questions or that many questions, but feel free to ask any question that you would like uh in the, the private facebook group and if you're not in the private facebook group uh just contact me let me know on instagram or through email and i will add you right? I, I add people that want to be in the group and if you want support and information i'm here to help you out and i'm also not the only one in the group that's giving advice like we had someone ask the question the other day actually it was it was today i think about if their if their hands go numb when running and I couldn't answer that question because I don't I'm not a runner at least not to that degree and I tagged one of my friends who's a very avid runner and she said oh yeah it happens to me all the time so it's a very supportive group that has multiple uh, people in there that have different sorts of experiences so if you're not you know if, if I can't help you with my expertise there's someone else in there that can definitely help you out with their expertise. All right, so we're about 18 minutes in and we haven't talked at all about weight loss plateaus, but that's okay. That's sometimes going to happen. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Weight loss plateaus. So I think the first and most important thing to understand is that a plateau needs at least, I would say, at least two to four weeks in order to be an official plateau. Um, And I actually just experienced one of these recently. I was uh, dieting and the first week that I started back at work, my weight sort of plateaued for the entire week. And then after that, for about half the week, my weight still plateaued. I'm like, this is really interesting. I, hadn't have, I haven't had a weight plateau since I started this new cutting phase. And so I said, let's just ride this out. Like, I'm not going to decrease my calories. I'm going to see how far this can go before I drop weight. And it just so happened that about two days later, so, you know, about three-fourths of the week, I dropped another pound and a half, I think it was. And I was like, oh, cool, you know, (laughs) that happened. So my weight loss plateau lasts about a week and a half, almost two weeks, and then I started dropping weight again. And what I realized is, is going through this process now a a few different times, is that um, as you get closer and closer or lower and lower in body fat, your plateaus are a little bit more frequent and they last a little bit longer, which is why dieting for longer periods of time, although you know, very, can be very strenuous and, and sort of taxing and boring, um, might be necessary for breaking these plateaus. And that's sort of the next thing I want to talk about is you know, do you really need to break a plateau? And the answer is in some cases yes. But in most cases, especially when I've worked with people who have experienced this, you don't don't need to break it. You just need to outlast it. You you need to have a little more stamina and, and get through it a little bit more consistently. We oftentimes, when we first start losing weight, lose weight very consistently. Like we lose half a pound, then we lose a pound, then maybe we lose another half a pound. And we sort of expect our weight to go down every time we step on the scale and then we step on it and it either stalls or go up goes up and we think we did something wrong and so we you know eat less calories or we react to what our scale tells us even if it's you know simply just that we ate a little bit later or we had a little bit more salt the night before like I know that whenever I have sushi the next morning I weigh at least a pound and a half 2 pounds more because of all the soy sauce and all the salt and all the sodium so you know we have to keep in mind you know what we've eaten when's the last time we've eaten how close Did we eat, uh, or I should say, how late did we eat the the morning uh, before we weighed in? You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. So I always like to tell my clients wait one to two weeks when your weight starts to stall. And if you're staying consistent with your calories, you're staying consistent with your activity. Meaning you know you're getting about seven to ten thousand steps a day or somewhere whatever the most amount of steps you can manage at this time. Your strength training to some degree, um, even if that's you know just two days a week, even if it's something, um, and you're staying consistent with your sort of activity or your calories burned, and you're staying very consistent with your calorie intake. Meaning that you're you know very compliant, you're you know above eighty percent, then you're eventually going to break that plateau. It's just a matter of time what's happening during a plateau is your, your body is essentially changing its composition. It's, it's starting to drop fat, but it's also holding on to a little bit of water. And this is all evolutionary, uh, you know, processes. This is what happens to our bodies when it starts to sense that, uh, you know, it's it's time to lose body fat. Like we have to use that energy, right? Or we have to use that energy because this person is eating less calories than they Uh, then they burn and so we have to use the storage energy but it's not going to just drop it all in one take which would be awesome but it's not what happens it drops it little by little and as it does that because it's sort of a stressful experience it's like I don't know if you've ever done this but I've been to the grocery store one you know several times and I've bought a bunch of food and I'm ready to eat that food and then I see how much the food costs and I get a little depressed has that ever happened to you it's happened to me a couple of times and I don't know why because it doesn't make any sense, right? You just bought a bunch of really awesome food or whatever and it's going to cost money, obviously. It's not just free, but there's like that little second of depression where you're like, oh, wow, that costs more than I thought or whatever it might be, right? Well, that's sort of what your body's going through when it starts to dump body fat. Like it's giving a little bit of a way, it's a little bit sad and as a result of it being sad, it holds on to water and it tries to balance out your weight. And, and I'm certainly not personifying my... My fat tissue is being sad when it's leaving, but it, in a way it's, it's a slow process. And so when this is going on, because you're retaining water and you're dropping fat at virtually the same rate, uh, you're not going to notice much difference on the scale. And you might ask, well, why does my body want to drop fat and retain water at the same time? There's a very common sort of law in biology and, and physiology that I understand anyway, which is the um, homeostatic relationship of everything in your body. Your body likes to keep your pH pretty much level. Your body likes to keep your blood pressure pretty much level, not too high, not too low. Uh, your body likes to keep your weight pretty much as, you know, as level as it can. And that can obviously adapt. Like, you know, people that stay 300 pounds have done so over a long period of time. And so their body sort of considers that that new normal. Um But in, you know, all things considered, your body likes to sort of be balanced. It likes to be in the middle. It doesn't want to be in the extremes because extremes either mean, you know, extreme famine or extreme inflammation from excess body fat, you know, if we're talking about weight specifically. But the same goes for, you know, body temperature, right? If you're too hot, you could overheat and your organs could die. If you're too cold, then you could, you know, freeze to death and die. So the extremes, your body has learned through evolution that extremes don't really equal survival and so being somewhere in the middle is a good place to be and you know obviously your body isn't always in the middle it goes a little bit to the right goes a little bit to the left but it's always trying to it's almost like a thermostat it's always trying to stay in that middle range of sort of the normal um and so that's why when you're dropping body fat you can also retain water at the same time okay so anyway that's sort of why a plateau happens so Another question that I typically get when it comes to plateaus is, well, how do you know if you're like, you know, based on that definition, how do you know if you're for sure in a plateau? So I had a client one time whose weight was only one to two pounds difference for four straight weeks. And he was like, "Uh, dude, what should I do? And I was like, well, okay, let's look at this. And so I was looking at his scales, looking at his consistency, everything checked out. He was adherent to the program. He was one of my most reliable clients at the time. His exercise didn't waver. He missed one cardio workout, which in the grand scheme of things in four weeks wasn't going to make the biggest difference. Um, You know, he was honest about his calories. He even told me when he went over his calories. Um, uh, But you know, in this four week period, he really didn't. And so I looked at him, I said, okay, I think we've pretty much hit a plateau. Like there's no more exercise for you to do. You're getting all your steps. You're getting a weight training. You're getting, you know, the cardio you want to do. I never tell people they have to do cardio. Cardio is sort of like a bonus. If you enjoy it, then do it. If you don't, then you don't have to do it. Um, so everything checked out. So then we dropped his calories. He was at about, I think he was at 2,400. He was like, if I remember correctly, he was like 5'10". And he was like, I think it was like four. 15 or something like that I don't exactly remember it was a long time ago but anyway we dropped his calories from 2400 to 2200 so a 22 or a 20 let's back up a 200 calorie deficit and within a week and a half he started dropping weight again Um, and so you know that's that's essentially what we did Now, being at 2,400 calories, he had a lot of calories to work with. Um, Typically speaking, the women that I work with don't really have that luxury. I get a lot of women that reach out to me that are like, I'm eating 1,300 calories. I don't wanna go any lower because I already hate how little calories I'm eating. What do I do? Um, If you're listening to that and that's sort of, I. You know, I just identified you or just called you out, then I would go listen to the podcast I did on reverse dieting and how you might have to essentially diet in reverse where instead of taking calories away, you slowly add calories to get your uh, calorie balance or your energy balance amount or what I typically call your calorie maintenance a little bit higher so that even if you gain a little bit of weight, probably mostly in the form of water if you're doing it slow enough, that you have more room to drop body fat. One of the toughest positions to be in is being in a, eating a low amount of calories and also having a high body fat percentage. I had a woman who contacted me and said she's 38% body fat and she's only eating 1200 calories a day. And I was like, okay, well, first of all, are you actually only eating 1200 calories a day? Because I think a lot of people say that they only eat 1200 calories a day, but like, unless you're super good at tracking it and you're like really consistent, there's, there's no way to know. Right, there's no you can't just guess that you're eating 1,200 calories a day. Um, that never works. I did a video on my YouTube the other, or not my YouTube, my uh, Instagram the other day that was like your eyes are terrible calorie counters. Like the studies will show that people that try to predict their calories are usually off by like three to 500 calories, and there's your deficit right there. So it makes sense that you know a lot of people's weight is staying the same because well they're guessing with their eyes and that's not very accurate. So. You know, if you if you truly are counting your calories and tracking and being diligent and adherent and you're being accurate, like you're not you know getting the wrong weights or the wrong you know foods in your app and you're you're tracking it very very diligently and you're actually doing the right things, and you're only at 1,200 calories, then I would highly recommend reverse dieting. Yes, in the short term it means you're going to gain a little bit of weight, but if you do it right, it's not going to be fat weight. It's not a lot of it's not going to be fat weight. It's probably going to be <laughs> Uh, you know, possibly some lean tissue and, you know, some water weight, Uh, especially if you're going slow, it shouldn't spike that much. Um, So yeah, there's that sort of thing. Um, And that's how you know whether to drop calories or not. Uh, Because if you are plateaued for four straight weeks, you have have essentially, your metabolism has adapted to the amount of calories you're consumed and you're no longer in a calorie deficit. Now your body has adapted and created a new calorie maintenance. And this is where a lot of people get in trouble because, Like I had a woman the other day tell me she was eating 1,800 calories a day and she was losing one pound a week but that wasn't fast enough for her. She wanted to lose weight faster so she decreased another 200 calories and now then she started losing one and a half pounds and she got really excited and she was like, oh, I'm going to decrease again. So she kept decreasing to try to lose weight faster but what ended up happening was after she lost 30 pounds, she was down to 1,200 calories a day and she wasn't losing weight anymore and she's like well i don't want to go any lower and i was like yeah you sort of dug yourself into a hole here and so what i recommended to her is i said you should slowly reverse diet you know get into a strength training program or an at-home body weight program if your gym's closed because of covid um you know, slowly add 50 calories every single week and, and see what your weight does. If your weight pretty much stays the same, then you're good, add another 50 calories. Um, if your weight, you know, spikes up, which it won't, I mean, 50 calories in, over the course of a week every day is, is an increase that most people are probably just attributing, you know, even the most diligent calorie tracking people that do like contests for figure competitors are probably have a margin of error of at least 50 calories. So you you know, if you're averaging 50 calories more than you were, it's not going to spike your weight. So anyway, do that, you know, 50 calories a week. Um uh, for women and if for guys, you might want to do, you know, 75 to 100 calories, especially if you're weight training just because men tend to have more muscle mass, which is uh, generally going to be easier to keep the fat off when you have more muscle mass. That's just sort of how the 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 system goes. Um, and yeah, and just slowly increase calories over those weeks until you get to a point where, you know, you have a higher calorie amount. It's going to take longer because you have to go slow, but a higher calorie amount to where maybe you build up to 1900 calories, your weight stays stable, and then you can slowly drop body fat. The number one, mistake that I see. And I would say mostly women make, but I've run into plenty of guys that make this mistake too. Maybe it's just because my audience is a lot of women. Like I was looking at my stats the other day and I think on TikTok, it's like 81% of my audience is women. And then on my podcast, it's 52%. And then my Instagram, it's also 52 or 53%. So, you know, I would say the vast majority of people that I interact with are women. And this isn't a, a fault of all women, but this is just something that happens Um instead of like going okay I'm going to slash 200 calories and and just stay consistent with that it's like oh I'm going to slash two three four possibly 500 calories and sometimes that's uh, you know not your fault you'll see these infographics that say like oh you know if you eat 500 calories less a day and then you you know do that for seven straight days that's 3,500 calories well it takes 3,500 calories to burn a pound of body fat that's that would be true if it was just math and everything else was static but as you know the human body is not static it's very dynamic and so it, it doesn't just mean that if you burn 500 calories more a day you're going to lose a pound of fat mathematically you know if everything was perfect that might actually work but it's not how it works in real life because our bodies aren't just you know input out input in systems they're dynamic systems that change and, and adapt and, and adjust based on the surroundings on you know in some cases on a second by second basis uh, in terms of energy in versus energy out and body weight probably a you know every like a week to week basis or maybe even a you know th- every three day basis I don't know for sure I'm just saying that it's a dynamic process it's not just a math equation. Um, Totally forgot where that subject came from or where that tangent came from. Um, But we were, you know, talking about plateaus and things like that. So, you know, please do not think that you're in a plateau if your weight hasn't moved in like two days. Right. It's just it's not enough time to really consider that being a plateau. Um, Every client that I've had that's hit a plateau has broken it by just staying consistent. Um, There's only that one case that I talked about where. I was working with this guy and he had a a four-week straight, uh, you know, calorie. uh, He was eating the same calories and his his weight stalled. And in that case, we actually decreased calories. I've helped numerous people that have messaged me saying, like, there's a woman who messaged me and for two straight months, her weight was basically the same. And I said, okay, well, how many calories are you eating? And she was being very diligent about how many calories she was eating. So I trusted that this advice would actually do her, you know, some some good. And she goes, oh, I'm eating um, 1750. I'm eating 1,750 calories. My weight is stay the same, you know, give or take two or three pounds, you know, fluxing here and there. I said, great, decrease by 200 calories. Now you're 1550. You know, that's that's how much you're eating now. And I haven't heard back from her. Uh, I, I take it that if I haven't heard back from it, it probably worked. <laughs> uh, she's probably all ecstatic and she's, she's doing it and staying consistent with it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, a lot of times a plateau... Yeah, I've got probably probably an equal amount of people that are actually in a plateau and an equal amount of people that are just like frustrated because they didn't lose weight today. Right? It's like, no, it's it's not a 2 days of your weight not moving, 3 days, even 2 weeks of your weight not moving is not cause for a dramatic change in calorie intake or calorie output. And I know that it's tempting to want to change how much you're eating or change how much you're exercising when your weight doesn't move, but Trust me when I say that it's it's a dynamic process and if you consistently just stick with the plan. Like here's a great example. I'm obviously not you and you're obviously not me but since I started my my weight loss cut on uh, May 27th, I haven't decreased the amount of my, my daily calorie intake at all and I've dropped 10 pounds and I've kept my exercise relatively the same. I did have a, a bit of a peak or a bit of a spike when I first started working because Just the nature of my job causes me to get about four to 5,000 steps extra than I would if I was just, you know, being me uh, during quarantine. So I'm sure that had a little bit of, a little bit to do with it in the beginning, but that has largely been adapted to and I'm still dropping weight. It's slow, but it's still consistent. And at this point, because I found a groove, I don't really even care how slow my weight loss is. The sooner you cannot care how slow your weight loss is, the better it's going to be for your sustainable weight loss to stay off, right? It's one thing to lose weight. It's another thing to keep it off. So the more sustainable you can lose it, the more you're going to have an easier time keeping it off. If you drop 30 pounds in 30 days and you don't have a lot of fat to lose, but you know, you were just, you know, sort of crash dieting, it's going to be very easy to put that 30 pounds back on because you really didn't do anything that solicited a sustainable practice. You didn't learn anything new. You didn't get into a new habit or a new routine. You just, you know, starved yourself with willpower and discipline for 30 days, which is, you know, it shows that you're motivated, but it certainly doesn't show that you are in it for the right reasons, if that if that makes sense. So anyway, that's what I wanted to talk about when it came to weight loss plateaus. As always, if you want to ask a question uh, for the podcast and you want me to answer it on the podcast, feel free to either DM me on Instagram, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat just dried up and now I, I can't talk, but uh, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. You can email me shanehubbardfit at gmail.com. Uh, you can, uh, if you want to be a part of my Shred the Fat Loss or Shred the Fat Weight Loss Support Group, uh, then you can hit me up and I'll send you the link to that Facebook group. You can also just, if you just download the free fat loss calculator or even the rapid fat loss program you can uh, get instant get an instant link to join that group and uh, join I think that there's 157 people in there right now that are all interested in uh, you know either losing weight or maintaining their health or maintaining their weight and there's a lot of uh, really cool people who have who come from a lot of different areas who have either had success losing weight or had success in some kind of avenue whether it's endurance running or weight training or dieting or recipes or you know whatever it might be so there's a lot of cool people in there all right, very cool. Well, that is it for today's podcast. Thanks a ton for listening, and I look forward to. Oh, right, hold on, I forgot something. Don't forget to give this podcast a five star rating. I really do. It do believe it, it. It deserves that. Like I listen to a lot of fitness podcasts, and I'm certainly not trying to like say that I'm the best fitness podcast out there because there's certainly ones that are better than me. But I really bust my ass to make sure these are good. Like, I don't want to, I actually don't record a podcast until I have a solid reason to record one because I don't want to just come on here and babble and spit and just go, you know, do this, do that, you know, eat these foods, eat those foods, and don't do this. There's plenty of shit out there that does that already. i rather give you a concrete story, example, you know, hard evidence, uh, you know, hard experience, anecdotal evidence, you know, a lot of information. So anyway... um, Give this podcast a five-star rating, and then if you have time, make sure you leave a comment because those comments are always nice to read. And I actually do read them, and I, I appreciate every single one of them that comes through. So anyway, thanks for listening, and I will see you in a future episode.